welcome to another episode of the Elevens Podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Jude, and we're back. We are back. Somewhat regularly. <laughs> In like a reasonable amount of time since the last episode, we're here. <laughs> we're doing our best to be regular. It's, you know, it's, today's what's, I don't even know what day it is anymore. I'm doing Christmas my best. Christmas is next week. I don't, I don't know. I'm doing my best being regular by taking lots of fiber, but you know, when you get to be my age, that's something that you'll understand. Anyway, today we're talking about something that will probably make, I don't know you about you, Ben, but it'll probably make me a little bit angry. This might be a spicy one. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But today we're talking about the dreaded abomination known as the sport utility vehicle. Or SUV, for short. SUV. Or sport activity vehicle, if, if you're from BMW, I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I guess. Or FUV. FUV, as in... <laughs> the Ferrari? Uh, oh, yeah. No, I was going to say a word I'm not going to say on yeah, this well, podcast. No, keeping it clean. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fudge. <laughs> um, so, one question I wanted to ask you before we got started. Are we including crossovers? Yes. Yeah. We are? Yeah, Just kind of lumping them together? Because they're the worst part of the problem. Yeah. Aren't they? I, I would agree. Yeah. So, for those of you that are unaware of what an SUV is, here's a really quick primer. Uh, an SUV, um, traditionally, I don't know about traditionally, typically is, you know, it sits higher up, typically has all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive or some variation of that. Could be two rows, could be three rows, trunk, um, D-pillar. That's a thing, like if you think about it. So A pillar is right where your side mirrors are. B pillar is right um, where the front two seats are. C pillar is where the rear seats are. And then in an SUV, you have a D pillar. So those are the far, you know, rearward corners of the car. So in your trunk compartment, whether the door swings out or swings up, you have that big storage area. That's kind of the loose, you know, outline of where you define an SUV, I guess. Yeah. you can get into some more de- like technicalities of like how it's built. So, for example, the conversation of like body on frame versus unibody, right? So, is it built like a truck, or is it built like a car that just kind of sits up higher and has a little bit more storage and whatever? Anyway, so we didn't always have SUVs, but you know the first ones technically I think were in the 30s based on like the research that I was doing. Okay. So there was a Chevy Suburban in the 30s. Uh, they called them carryalls. You know, it was called a carryall suburban. I think. I feel like back then it was more of a van than an SUV. I don't know. It didn't sit up as high, but like car shapes were so different back then too. Yeah. You know, so it actually had body panels and doors and a roof and and kind of like a, a trunk gate thing. You know what I mean? As opposed to like the carriages, and the motor motor carriages that we were kind of seeing at like late eighteen hundreds, turn of the century. Um, so there's that. So the idea is when you have an SUV, it's supposed to be more practical, right? My whole thing is that they aren't. They're not (laughs) practical. They're not more practical. And there are a lot better solutions based on, you know, your lifestyle and and the problem, if you will, that you're trying to address in your life. You know, why do you buy an SUV versus a car or a van or any other vehicle? 99% of the time, I think... You should just buy the other thing, you know what I mean? Instead of getting an SUV because it's kind of a waste. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just like a basic idea and basic like idea of how I feel about it. I mean, we can get into reasons. We can talk about good and bad examples. But what are some of your thoughts, Ben? What what are you thinking about when you're thinking SUVs? Uh, Well, it's funny you say 
one of the statements you just said was that you think it's kind of a waste. Um, that's actually exactly what I have in my notes right here. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. That, that kind of sums up my thoughts as well. For most people, I think SUVs are kind of a waste. Um, and you know, full disclosure, like we're we're um, enthusiasts. We love enthusiast cars, and you know, super SUVs are. We're gonna sort of group them into this as well, but they can in some regards be viewed differently. So we can talk about that later in the episode. Yeah. I just wanted to put that out there. Um, So right now we're talking about SUVs for most people. Um, I think for most people generally, they're kind of a waste. Um, You already made a couple of points. They're more expensive generally than cars. Yep. Just true. Um, They're less efficient. Yep. uh, On fuel, on gas, and even if they're EVs, they're going to be less efficient. Right. No matter how you look at it. Um, and as a result, they're less environmentally friendly. Um, the dynamics of the vehicle are compromised. So an SUV is never going to handle as good as a sedan. It's right. just not. Um, and then my last point here was that it's it's bigger. So in some instances, it might not be as easy to park it. Yeah. So um, it's th- those are all valid points. I, I think a waste is is a really good term to use for it, right? Everything about it is a waste. It's a waste because more likely than not, right, who's driving in an SUV? It's one person. Right. One person who would be able to, if they have, again, I'm not going to get into my whole public transportation rant, but like (laughs) if you have to drive a car, why is it that you choose SUV? And why is it that people, especially here on this continent in North America, are so obsessed with SUVs now? It's because our infrastructure allows it. We have very wide lanes we have huge parking lots mm-hmm. you know um so a lot of people do feel safer sitting in an suv that's that's one point that my wife always makes she has an suv it's a kia sorento it's a really nice suv but you know do we really need one no <laughs> no right. you know for our personal use a wagon would be like perfect you know because what do we need the trunk for? You know, the stroller, the dog, you know, that sort of thing. You can do all that in a Volvo wagon. You can do all that in a Subaru wagon, Audi wagon, right? You don't need an SUV. Um, and it's going to drive better. It's going to handle better. It's going to be more efficient. It's going to take up less space and all these other things, you know? Right. So I, I, so the whole, the what I was going to say is my wife's argument to have an SUV is that she feels safer. Right, there's more metal around you. Uh, you sit considerably higher up, so just better view the road. You know, so you get this idea of like, okay, people will be less likely to bump into me. I'm not in like a super low slung car, and you know, part of that problem is that everybody else has an SUV or a pickup truck or whatever it is. You right. know, it's almost like a self fulfilling prophecy where like you know, like you know, if if I'm in a small car and everybody else is in a big car, that makes me want to buy a big yeah. car and. I'm going to do my, my Tucker Carlson impression now. It's like, where does it end? <laughs> everybody gets, keeps getting a bigger SUV. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, everybody's in a big truck. And then everybody's in a monster truck. Where does it stop? But like, really, you know, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. I, mean, I get some of the points that you're you're getting. Like, you know, you're sitting higher up. You feel a little bit better. Like, you do feel a little safer in an SUV. And it... it to an extent, it is kind of true. You know, a bigger vehicle in an impact is going to probably be safer than a smaller car. Not necessarily, though. That's not a given, right? So, I mean, when you look at 
safety ratings and crash testing and stuff, SUVs are more dangerous. They're more dangerous because of the, like you you brought up the vehicle dynamics thing, right? Because they sit up higher. They have such a higher um, center of gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you have a much more, it's, it's just much more pronounced rollover risk. You don't really have much of a concern for rollover when you're in a when you're in a pretty uh, low car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where SUVs, like I don't know, this is this is a long time ago now, but there was a debacle like 20 years ago with Ford Explorers flipping because they would have tire blowouts from bad Firestone tires. Mm-hmm. So tires would explode, and next thing you know, Susan is doing a barrel roll down the highway in her Ford Explorer through no fault of her own. You know, that you don't have those issues with regular cars. I mean, there was a whole other thing and that, that's a, maybe... The tires you know, are another part The, the Firestone blamed Ford, Ford blamed Firestone. It's a whole thing. Anyway, um, but that was just a perfect example of like, okay, they're not safe. Even now with all the safety uh, precautions that we have in cars and all the active safety systems and all the overcompensation that you have to do from an engineering standpoint to make your SUV like drive somewhat usably on a regular road, mm-hmm. you know, especially now that we have crossovers, which is just glorified <laughs> cars anyway, right? You're doing all of this engineering work to try to get the car to handle somewhat normally and hopefully not roll over. It's like, why? Right. It's because people are buying SUVs. And that's, it's, it's the money. It's, it's all about the money. Big, yeah. So... I, I wrote down a few pros. I figured we could kind of like knock them out one by one. Clearly, we have a pin, an opinion about this. Yeah. Um, we're very anti-SUV and we're probably, you know, going to debunk each of these things that people think like this is a reason why to buy an SUV. Oh, you want to do some debunking? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say like while you go over these pros, I'm going to go use the bathroom. Let me know when you're done. <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So first one that I have here is that there's more space inside for the occupants and cargo. Um, is that true? No. <laughs> I think it's true to an extent. There's, there's more space there than what though? Than the equivalent, uh, like hatchback, so say, sedan. say for example, right? Like a five series and an X five. Sure. There's a bit more space for the cargo and occupants in the X five. I would say. So, I mean, it's a different use of space. The passenger cabin isn't necessarily more comfortable in an X5 than it is in a 5 Series, when you think about things like legroom. Well, I think um, there's probably more hip room. Oh, I mean, we can look it up right now as yeah. we're talking about it. The The more space that you're getting is, is vertical, right? Yeah. So you have, you know, so if when somebody's super, super tall, but I've seen people get into SUVs and still be cramped, you know, if oh, yeah. even though they're, you know, super, super tall. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're smart about the layout, of the cabin when you're designing a sedan or a wagon or anything comparable to that, you can still fit very, very tall people in it. Right. You know, Koenigsegg-Jumera, you can fit four, <laughs> seven foot tall people in it and that's a car. Right. right. So let's look at this. So 2023, no, 2022. I don't even know if the three is out. BMW X5 legroom is, let's see. <clears throat> We're just on Edmunds.com right now. I'm more interested in the headroom on this. I mean, the legroom. Sure. I mean, it's all going to... I'm assuming the legroom is probably the same. Um, like you said, Front I think. seat dimensions. So front headroom in the BMW X5 is 40.7 inches. The front legroom is 39.4 inches. Shoulder room, 60 inches. 
Rear headroom, 38.7 inches. Rear legroom, 37.4 inches. Rear shoulder room, 58.1 inches. And before we get into cargo, let's compare that with the 2022 BMW I don't know, M5 5 550i. 540i? Sure, 540i. I think that's what people are buying, right? Um, where's the Edmunds thing? Let's see. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I just searched for the car. Um, legroom. Here we go. Edmunds.com. And you know what's funny about these SUVs, and you know I, my main thing that I want to find out here is the headroom. Uh, they sell the X6, which cuts out the headroom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're we're, we're going to get into that. Yeah, we're going to get into we'll the talk coupe about SUV coupes. Yeah. So the BMW 5 Series front headroom is 38.8 inches. The front legroom is 41.4 inches. Front shoulder room is 58.7 inches. We can go like compare side by side, but I just want to cover these very quickly. Okay. Rear seat, so rear headroom is 37.5 inches. Rear legroom is 36.5 inches. Rear shoulder room is 55.9 inches. So when you're comparing headroom head to head, 40.7 inches in the X5 for headroom, um, 38.8 inches for headroom in the 5 Series. So you have two inches. Okay. You get two inches of extra headroom in your SUV versus the sedan. Right. Front legroom, 39.4 inches in the X5, 41.4 inches in the 5 Series. You get two more inches of legroom in the sedan. Front shoulder room, 60 inches in the X5, 58.7 inches in the 5 Series. So not even 2 inches. It's a 2 inch difference. It's a 2 two inch difference. Roughly. In the rear, you're probably going to see more of a difference here. Actually, probably not. Um, rear headroom, 38.7 inches in the X5. 37.5 inches in the 5 Series. It's an inch difference between the two. Rear legroom, 37.4 inches in the X5, 36.5 inches in the 5 Series. An inch. Is that less than an inch? It's less than an inch. Less than an inch. You're losing less than an inch. <laughs> How many more times are you going to say that? If you say inch one more time, I'm not going to know what it means. Rear, inch, inch, inch. Rear shoulder room in the X5, 58.1 inches, 55.9 inches in the 5 Series. I'll give you that. That's fine. Yeah. But really, unless you're like a swole boy, you know what I mean, who works <laughs> out every day, picks things up and puts them down, like how much shoulder room do you need? You're So in some respects, like legroom, for example, front legroom, the 5 Series has better dimensions than the SUV counterpart to it. And in the other um, measurements, there's only like two inches, give or take, difference for something that's dramatically heavier Compromising the ride, like you said, more expensive, more wasteful, costs more money to produce, is, you know, has a much more substantial, you know, carbon footprint and all these other things because of the manufacturing process and the amount of material that goes in and the fuel economy on the other end. There's just no, there's no justification. No, no, not for two inches. <laughs> not for two inches. And uh, I, I granted this is very like, Specific. I mean, I, I, we can make a spreadsheet and compare each brand's 
you know, equivalent sedan versus SUV counterpart with those metrics and compare like and see what the average difference is and then compare the average selling price of the two and then do selling price versus difference and then do all this other stuff. If you want to do that, knock yourself out. (laughs) I will. But like my whole point is it's not worth it. Yeah. It just isn't. No, it's not. Clearly, I mean, we just just proved it right there. There there is not more space in an SUV. So we didn't look at cargo, right? Okay. So cargo capacity, all seats in place in the SUV is 33.9 cubic feet. So without folding down the second row seats in the X5, you have 33.9 cubic feet of cargo capacity. Um, in the 5 Series, 18.7. Okay, so that's, that's-, that's, a, that's a big difference because of the shape of the trunk right Right. the x5 has like a more i don't know more vertical space i guess right um my question is how many people are actually filling that extra vertical space when you're putting your groceries in like are you stacking them to the ceiling that's that's a valid point so the first question to that is do you even need that space Right. right second question um we don't get this in the states but I'm curious what the cargo space of a 540i wagon would be. 540i wagon? Yeah. Um, was it not touring? Is it? I don't know what touring? they call it because we don't, I don't know. get them. <laughs> <laughs> 540i BMW wagon. And we would get it if we bought wagons. We, and we should be buying wagons. Oh, that's mm, so frustrating. Um, let's see, they, 540i touring specs and performance. That's that's the wrong generation. That's the wrong generation. That's an old one. Do they make a new one? I don't they know. Must. Don't they? E39. That's not it. Oh, <laughs> I would love an E39. Let's see, BMW wagon dimensions. We should go on like the the German website for yeah. this and try to read the German. Is there not a five series wagon now? There's three series wagon. Maybe not. Or maybe, like you said, because we're in the U.S., it just doesn't want to show up. No, it, sh- it should. Right? So, I mean, let, we can go to the BMW Deutschland Configurator with a, with a K. BMW.de. Let's see if there is... Um, oh, my God. They have just as many models as we do here. Uh, five series. They probably have more. Limousine. Touring. Here you go. BMW S Serator. Oh, these measurements are going to be in, in metric. This is going to throw us completely off. I'll just convert it. But do cubic dimensions convert the same way? <laughs> Probably. I'm trying to read German. Hold on They're a second. This, us, is gonna, this is going to be We're clearly very wild. prepared for this. Oh, wait. This is... Oh, my goodness. Google. Google. Help me. Google, ah. tra- translate it. Why is it opening up a PDF? You need to update your flash. My my sh- my shockwave is out. <laughs> <laughs> my shockwave is out. Man, that looks so good. Why no, don't that we does get look wagons? really good. I know because people will buy the X5 instead. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's annoying. All right, I'm I'm not I'm not going to struggle through reading German right now. Okay, that's that's fine. Whatever. I you know the point is you don't really need the space. Right. And if you do, if we got it. <laughs> 
<laughs> you should buy the wagon. There instead. are wagons available to buy, though. Like there are, there aren't, there aren't many. But if, and if as people, a result of this whole right debacle, but if people actually bought the wagons that there are, it would encourage these manufacturers to bring over the wagons that we would have otherwise. Right. Right. You know. Yeah, we don't get like the the BMW is an example. We don't get the Mercedes e, uh, C class wagon. We don't get the regular E class wagon. We get the crossover looking one and then the amg right which is a lot better than nothing um and we don't get most of the audi avant wagons mm-hmm. um, and then one for you know people you know audi mercedes these are luxury brands but for a car that's more affordable to most people is the volkswagen golf um what was it called the uh something wagon whatever the wagon version of the golf yeah um they killed it off yeah because nobody was buying it but yep. it was a much more efficient, much cheaper um, way to get a practical car than an SUV. I mean, the, the, even the Korean companies make wagons. Yep. You know, like we talk about it all the time. The uh, what is it? The um, Genesis shooting brake. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, that, that's still a luxury car, but like you know, right? Kia, Hyundai. You know, I don't know if Toyota Toyota doesn't make a Camry wagon. They mustn't. They they definitely I don't. don't. Think they, they want you to buy a Venza. Yeah. No matter where you live, I, I guess. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like you can get affordable wagons everywhere else in the world. You know. Right. Because everywhere else in the world, they recognize that. I mean, I know that people are buying SUVs in Europe. They are right. Right. But it's, not, it's not at not the just same the US thing. But right. But it's not nearly at the same penetration as we have here. You know, right. it's not as big of a percentage of the market share you know because people i mean granted in a lot of places in europe the roads are smaller parking spaces are smaller you know more people are taking public transportation Mm -hmm. you know more people are you know being more conservative with with their with their cars there's just i don't know the space thing makes no sense I find that funny too because in Europe, you'd think that most people would be taking more road trips than the U.S. because there's more countries that are accessible and you can do more in a in that same they, a similar area, right? Yeah. And one of the arguments people make for SUVs is like, oh, well, I like you. I think you mentioned this like last episode. Oh, what about the time I one time a year I go to New Jersey? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I don't think that's an excuse. No. You know. No. It's like, what, what about the one time that I need to go to Home Depot? Mm-hmm. Well, that one time, your SUV is too small anyway. And if you want to talk about space and you really need space, you're not going to like to hear this, but you should buy a minivan. Yes. That, that's just the answer. My that's, mom had a minivan. Yeah. for She had one for 10 years and another one for 10 years when, yeah. when we were growing up. And it's the most practical car I've ever seen. Minivans make sense. They have way more room, right? In the in the cargo area and in the cabin. Yep. Headroom is insane in those. Like you want to talk about headroom. Legroom's insane. Nice flat floor, easy to get in and out of. You're not clambering out. You nobody needs sidesteps on their minivan because it sits slower. They handle better. I'm sorry, but a minivan <laughs> handles better. It just does. I mean, I, the only like outliers are like high performance SUVs, but even then, like you know, we talk about it all the time, how much engineering you have to put into a, a, a high-performance car to make it handle well and all this stuff. And it's even harder and it's even an even bigger challenge to do that in like something like a Urus. Right, because right? you're working against physics rather than yes. going with it and building it off of a package that makes more sense. Yeah. So 
I mean, if you're if you're in the off-road scene, right? If you're overlanding, things like that. But who's doing that? I'm not saying nobody should ever buy an SUV. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that nobody should ever buy an SUV. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just saying that most people that buy SUVs should not be buying SUVs. Yeah. What's, what's your next pro that we can argue about? It's actually exactly that. Oh. Um, <laughs> are you, can you see my notes from over there? No, no. I actually, we, um, for, the, for those of you listening, if... You're, you know, if you're wondering how we do this, we, we have my laptop up and we kind of, we use Ben's laptop to record. We use my laptop to look things up and look at notes and, and stuff on, or like stats and Like we know, just whatever. were with the X5. And yep, exactly. And then we each have notes in front of us that the other person can't see. So like when we're doing our top 10 lists and stuff like that, like we're, we're not sharing, you know, I'm not peeking over and looking at him. I can't see his notes. He can't see mine. Right. But anyway, so what's the next thing on there? Um, well, the next pro that a lot of people make uh, for SUVs is that it's got more ground clearance, right? Which, oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, to their point, they do, right? They have sure. more ground clearance. But back to the question that we asked about the cargo space, do you need it? Absolutely not. No, no. Like... Like you were saying, unless you're going off-roading, yeah, you know more times, more often than not, or if it's your hobby, yeah, then you just don't need it. If you live someplace where you constantly, you always have three feet of snow on the ground, then okay, I get it. You're not gonna drive your wagon through three feet of snow. Actually, there are videos of I like, think you should. <laughs> <laughs> there are videos of like Volvo wagons and like you know Audi Avants and stuff. But what is it, the Audi? Uh, why am I blanking? The Audi wagon. RS6? No. It's got the plastic panels and stuff. Lifted a little bit. Lifted. It's like it's like based off... They had one that was based off the A4, and then they had one based off the A6. Cross country? No, that's the, that's oh, the Volvo. Oh, the um, All Road? All Road, yes. Yeah. Great name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are great. Those look great, too. I know they have the cladding on them or whatever. It's not that makes my sense favorite on most that. things, but... It, it works in that design, though, yeah, I think. Yeah, it does. Um, it doesn't but, work on the E-Class. No. No. E-Class is too pretty to ru- be ruined with plastic <laughs> cladding. Um, yeah. But yeah, ground clearance. Ugh. You don't... Most people don't need it. Like, like what do what does most... What do most people use their car for? It's commuting. On a road. Commuting. On a highway, because we live in America. Yeah. Sitting in traffic, because we live in America. I think going some people store. think that because there's some leaves on their driveway, they need like some ground clearance. I, I don't, I don't know what it is. But Ben, what? I mean, we can get no, into all I know what it drive. But. I know what it is. It's the marketing. Well, yeah, they they display these people doing all these active things, driving up a like we were talking about with the 911 Dakar and the Serato, right? Yeah, driving up a volcano, or you know, not not usually not that extreme, but I'm thinking for like. Uh, Subaru ads, right? They're going to the lake, they're going to wherever, and on trails, yeah. and stuff like that. My Camry can do all that stuff too. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not a big deal. I remember when I was a kid. I, I don't remember if it was the Rav4, the CRV, or one of those, like the one of those compact crossovers. And the the commercial was somebody like driving up a mountain in like the pouring rain, like going sliding through mud and stuff, and just I don't know. Mm-hmm. When um when I worked for Kia, they were gonna do an all-wheel drive Kia Soul, that was a hybrid, and it was uh, front-wheel drive was gonna be the internal combustion engine, and they would put the electric motor on the rear axle, 
So that's how you get all-wheel drive in it. Um, and I thought that was a, kind of a cool idea because the Soul's always been front-wheel drive. And it kind of looks like a SUV type thing too, with the lip. It's a hatchback, right? Yeah. But it's big boxy thing. We also save space inside because you don't need a transmission tunnel for the rear. rear That's wheels. true. I mean, um, I guess there's a battery, but whatever. Y- yeah, I mean, you can set that low enough in the floor. Like the Kia Soul EV, the battery was in the floor. The rear seats um, were a little bit higher, slightly, but they, it was barely even noticeable in in the real world. Anyway, so the the marketing <laughs> thing. Uh, for this concept, right, was the Kia Soul all, E all-wheel drive or whatever they were going to call it, driving through some mud and stuff, right? And it was really cool. It was like, oh, man, that's cool. And then all, at the bottom, they said, like, something along the lines of uh, uh, footage for marketing purposes. Uh, it was, like, sped up or something. It was, like, fast-forwarded or something to make it look like it was flying through the mud when it was just really not, Yeah, you know? It's the, the you have you hit the nail on the head. It's a lot of it is marketing. Yeah, I don't know. But you, like the point is, you don't need it. No, you don't need it. All no. Right. Next next pro that people throw in your face, be like for reasons why they bought an SUV. Um, usually more wheels are driven. So usually they have all wheel drive. I say most of the time. Yeah. So, you know, you can you can buy cars with all wheel drive. What drives me wild is all the front-wheel drive SUVs out there, though. Yeah, yeah. If you're true. renting an SUV, yeah, it's probably two-wheel drive. Yeah, probably. Trucks, too. Like, it's a thing. In the car business, right, when you're appraising a trade, you never want to assume that it's all-wheel drive. Because when you're appraising, like, you know, with my background, when you're appraising a Kia or a Honda or something like that, you know, if the car was originally sold in Texas, it's probably not all-wheel drive. If it was originally sold in Florida, it's probably front-wheel drive, you know? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to assume. Yeah. But, like, even then, like, do you need the all-wheel drive? <laughs> this is going to be most of our, our like, rebuttals to this is, like, do you need it? At least we're do consistent. You, do and you need the cargo space? Do no. you need the ground clearance? No. Do you need all-wheel drive? Absolutely not. No, you don't. It's snowing outside. I'm going to stay home. Like, I get the, which is what most people will do. But, like, I get, like, if you have to go to work in the snow, mm-hmm. if you're worried if you are at work and you need to go get your kids from school because it's a bad storm and the roads are slippery, we live in a pretty cold climate here. So we're not saying anything that, you know, is completely I'm you not know, against unreasonable. Right. You can get all-wheel drive in a sedan. You can get all-wheel drive in uh, a wagon. Well, here's the other thing, too. Like, If you absolutely need it. Yeah, going back to that, do you need it, right? Like... You know, you make a good point. In the snow, people feel a little bit more comfortable with all-wheel drive. But all-wheel drive does not help you with the most important thing. It helps you with accelerating more quickly in yes. slick conditions. Yes. Uh, it helps you, uh, makes it less likely for you to get stuck. Yep. Right? And yep. If, you're, if you're in a stuck situation, somebody pushes you, you have a better chance of getting out of that, right? Yep. But most people, most of, like, when's the last time you got stuck in the snow? doesn't happen that much. I don't remember the date, but it was funny when it did happen. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> right? Um, and my last point here is, if you really care about snow safety, stopping is the most important part. Right? We, yeah. We so, used to always tell people when they when they were looking at buying an, a car that had in the ass to make sure they were getting an all-wheel drive, I would always say, you know that all-wheel drive doesn't mean all-wheel stop? And they'd be like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah, my, my point is, if you care about safety, you'll buy winter tires, because that's what's going to save you. That's exactly what I was going to say, too. Yeah. A good set of winter tires is better 
even in a rear-wheel drive sports car, yes. if you have winter tires, you can get by. It's yes. Like, Not just get by, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Tires make such a big difference to everything. People don't realize that either because it's such a simple part of the car, but it's literally the only thing touching the road. So... People don't think about it because it's boring. Yeah. And only nerds like us like kind of geek out about tires a little bit. Yeah. But uh, if you listen to any of our F1 episodes, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a, that's a really, really good point. Wouldn't recommend Cup 2s in the snow. No. Or Corsas. Or Trofeos. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there, there's our, our argument against SUVs again. Um, what else do I have? I don't know. Whatever it is, the, I'm, I'm going to get even more angry. Well, we talked about this one, and I, I think I still stand by this one. And I, I, I agree with what you had said already earlier. They're safer in an impact. But they're not. Are, you don't think so? And if they are, why? Is it because they're an SUV? It's because they're bigger. It's just because the simple fact that if a big car hits a small car, the big car wins. No. No? No. Because if you have a 1960s Impala and you hit a Camry, what's going to be safer? Okay, I'm not talking about like airbag systems and all that stuff. Cause Why not? Because I'm, I'm assuming... No, even, even if the... Okay, I'll give you airbags. The Impala has airbags. Which is safer? Is it a still as like a? 60s? It's still a Camry because yeah, be, do you, because of crumple zones and the shape of the car and all this other stuff. An SUV is not safer. It just isn't. But the SUVs have crumple zones too. SUVs do have crumple zones, right? But you don't. But they don't have necessarily better crumple zones. An SUV is not safer. You don't think so? I mean, the okay. So maybe here, here's okay. There's, oh my God, there's so much. Um, small and mid-sized cars, short, but like when you're talking about, right. So like if you, okay, pair a, a Kia Rio with a Ford Explorer, who wins? It's the Explorer, yeah. right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, okay, Kia Rio is a bad example because did you know this, that the Kia Rio for a while, year over year, was the most dangerous cars in America? Really? Uh, more fatalities happen in Kia Rios than any other car on the road in America. Wow. Fun fact for you there. This is from back in my Kia days. Wow. Um, if you learned anything from this episode, don't buy a Kia Rio from whatever era it was that that was um, going on. Anyway, so... I mean, okay, so safety, right? So in an SUV, you have a higher rollover risk. In an SUV, braking, because you 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 have so much weight and they're so under-braked. Um, so I agree with you on these things, but that wasn't the question. The impact. What's the question? Impact. impact. Well, impact isn't everything. And that's no, why I said, not. like, I'll even give you the airbags in the Impala. Yeah, no, it's not. I know it's not everything. And I was going to get to that because the visibility. I'm still against SUVs, let me remind you. <laughs> but... I, I, you know, SUVs aren't all bad, Jude. They're mostly bad. They're mostly bad. They're bad enough where it doesn't make up for any of the, the uh, I don't know. Because that was my, so the point was safer in an impact, but my counterpoint was, like you said, you're more likely to be in one because the dynamics aren't as good. You're more likely to tip over all that stuff, right? So. Visibility's worse. Is it? Kind of. I mean, like rear visibility and stuff. 
So backing out of parking spaces, backing out of driveways onto roads. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why we have things like blind spot detection and rear cross traffic alert is because everybody's in a stupid SUV and you can't see out of it. Yeah. Your forward visibility is good and you have good height and, you know, you have a good, like, commanding view of the road and everything. But, you know, generally, like, you have more blind spots in an SUV and that's why we have all these sensors and stuff to make up for it. Yeah. It's not because of cars. Yeah. And, I mean, not just talking about the safety of the occupants, but to everybody else, it's a bigger car, so it's more yep. dangerous to everybody else. Yep. Right? So here's a, here's a quote from, uh, from Wikipedia. Uh, because of greater height and weight and rigid frames, it is contended by Malcolm Gladwell, writing in the New Yorker magazine, that SUVs can affect traffic safety. The height and weight, while potentially giving an advantage to occupants of the vehicle, may pose a risk to drivers of smaller vehicles in multi-vehicle accidents, particularly side impacts. The initial tests of the Ford Excursion, remember that monstrosity, were, quote, horrifying for its ability to vault over the hood of a Ford Taurus. <laughs> oh, man. The big SUV was modified to include a type of blocker bar suggested by the French Transportation Ministry in 1971, a kind of under-vehicle roll bar designed to keep the large Ford Excursion from rolling over cars that were hit by it. <laughs> Well, so basically, oh man, I don't know. Yeah. All right. So that's that. They're not safer. Over, I guess. That's all I had. I mean, is there any other reason why you would buy an SUV? I think we should ask the audience because we are biased and we're coming in it into this podcast at least. We already have an opinion, very strong opinion, based on our past experiences and what we do for a living. I mean, we deal with cars on a daily basis, right? So we see them all, right? You know, right. The, are, so, are there good SUVs though? Yeah, well, like you said before, I'm not. It's not that I don't like SUVs. There, are, there are SUVs that I do like. Which SUVs do you like, and why do you like them? Um, so I, I made a a little list. Okay. Some of them, I think most of them, kind of. We like lists on the Eleven Podcast. We do. We here do. We go. Do you have a list? I do. All right, let's go. <laughs> I was teeing you up here. So I, you know. All right. Um, so, I'll kick it off with Land Rover products. Good. Most of them. The, uh, the, the Evoque and the Velar. I'm kind of like nah, uh, not yeah. crazy about like the small crossover stuff. I'm not big on, but LR2, like, like not good. yeah, but an LR4. Yep, is great. Um, the Sport, I actually really like. I know Range Rover Sport. Yep. Yep. Um, Defender. Oh, excellent! That was on my top five. I mean, excellent SUV. Great, great SUV. Yep. Um, and then the Range Rover, Land Rover, Range Rover. Yeah. It's just, it's just great. It's luxury, and it will go literally anywhere. Do most people that buy any of those, should they have one? <laughs> should they have bought it? Here's the other thing too, right? Like we're we're arguing against SUVs as a concept, but I also understand people buying things just because they like it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll I'll go through a couple other SUVs in a minute, but I have a like I think two or three examples of this: the X5, the Macan, and. For whatever reason, the F-Pace, the F-Pace, specifically the SVR. Okay. Um, I just like them. I don't have much reason for that for it. Like, like in most situations, if you were to give me 
an SUV and a car equivalent, I would pick the car. Okay. But for some reason, I I just really like those three. I'd, I'd, but now that I'm saying it out loud, I would probably pick a car. Like, what were you through the X5, X5, Macan, Macan, and, and the F-Pace. F-Pace. Yeah. Wouldn't you rather have a five series, a Panamera, and uh, an XJ? I guess. Well, the the Macan's a little different because uh, XJ X, XF. The Macan's a little different because it's not really in the same category as a Panamera. Like you, you can't buy one for the same price, or, or can you? Maybe I don't know. Why not? I don't know. Anything. I possible. feel like they're in different leagues, but. Um, well, let's 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 look. A Macan GTS. How much is that? Because that's probably the one you'd get. Is it? They're pricey now. Um, I'm going like 90 grand. GTS MSRP is... Actually, now that I think about it, yeah. From 80 grand. Okay. That's a lot of money for a Macan, actually. Yeah. A Panamera is going to be more than that. You you are right. A Panamera GTS is... Uh, 110, pre- 130. Yeah. With, with options. So... Oh, no, no. A base price is 130 for a, a Panamera. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I don't know. I just like them. There's no logic to it, really. But they're all, all three of those things are compromised. I know. They're not... But I like them. I know you... <laughs> do you have... I mean, do you have anything like that? Good SUVs? Well, no, just like... We'll talk about that. I, mean, I know that. Oh, there what... are plenty of cars that I just like. Right. See my notes on Maserati. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but... I don't really know what else to say about those. We can go back I, to the... I know. I mean, I, I have... Uh, there are good SUVs, yep. I think. G-Wagon. That's on my... That was the next one. On I my. have a Defender. Defender, yep. I mean, if you're going to get for something that's... Bronco? Bronco, exactly. If you're going to get something for, like, the capability of it, right? Those are great. But right. those are body-on-frame trucks, Right. Do most people that buy those, should most people that buy those actually buy those? Probably not. They get it for, for the status symbol and because of the marketing and because of perceptions and all this other stuff. You know, objectively, in a vacuum, those are probably the best SUVs you can get. I mean, there are other ones, obviously, too. I'm just saying, like, picking out those three, mm-hmm. you know, any Subaru. Yeah. Any Forester that's ever been made. Is amazing, capable, great, easy to drive, just stupid reliable, mm-hmm. right? They're so good, but wouldn't you just rather have an Outback? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what most people buy anyway. <laughs> there are plenty of Foresters out there. Yeah. I saw a video on TikTok today of somebody who had like, seriously, like we talked about three feet of snow. He had like three feet of snow in his driveway. The Forester was in the garage. Opened the garage door, put the Forester in reverse, just slammed down the throttle and his driveway was plowed. Nice. Just by backing the Forester out of the, you know, out of the garage. So, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, but that's the thing. Like, they're, they're very, very capable. But, like, who's actually going to use them for their intended, quote, unquote, intended purpose, right? Right. Um, I have one on here that I made a controversial comment on in a previous episode. Oh? Any guesses on what that might be? An SUV that you made a controversial comment on in a previous episode? Um, I'm trying to think now. Is it a BMW? No. It isn't? No. 
Controversial opinion. It's an FUV. Oh! Oh, the Ferrari! Yep, the Ferrari. Oh! So, if you didn't hear, I made... I had quite the hot take that I would (laughs) prefer a Purasangwe over a GTC4 Lusso. And... I think I stand by that. Okay. (laughs) He says with so much confidence. Right. Um, Here's my thing, right? Yeah. If I were to buy a Pura Songwe, I would buy it if I needed the space. Okay. Like the back seat. Okay. Because Luso's... What? What do you mean by the space in the back seat? For cargo or for people? For people. There's not enough space in a Luso for people? So that's the thing. The Luso has a lot of space in the back for people. It's very spacious, believe it or not. It's a two-door, but there's a lot of space back there. Right. Um, But that's the thing. It's a two-door, and a lot of people are not as comfortable and get kind of claustrophobic in a 2 plus 2, mostly because in 2 plus 2s, the back seats are terrible, but this car is actually pretty good. But regardless, I, I just feel that my passengers would have a better time in an SUV than in, in the Purasangwe than the Luso. Okay. So I would buy it more for the passengers than for myself. Okay. I'm really interested to see what the Purasangwe uh, trunk looks like. Because mm. the Luso's got a decent trunk. Like it's good on paper because yeah. of the height, right? But it's not very deep. And then you have like that shelf, with the... which I would work I would work around, right? I would yeah. be perfectly happy with that amount of cargo space. Yeah. Um, but the seats fold down. There's a ton they do. of space. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So and the, the, the seats fold down in most cars, unless it's a paid option, like in my Mercedes that <laughs> whoever ordered it. Did. Oh my god! Um, I found out the hard way that my back seat does not fold down. Uh, podcast listeners, <laughs> it was an awkward drive to work with an ironing board in my car. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, that's just Mercedes gouging people. Right. But. Um, what are your thoughts on that take? I mean, if you were given the choice, I'm assuming you would take the Luso. I would take the Luso because of my sentimental attachment to it. Like, and not just the the Luso, just the idea of a shooting brake. I really, really love the um, the FF. Mm-hmm. So the predecessor to the Luso, that shooting brake um, was so good, so beautiful, and it kind of set the tone for the Luso. And the Luso is just a much more refined and like elevated, you know, evolution. Of the FM, throwing a lot of like marketing terms here, but you know, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's more polished and you know, obviously newer. Um, so I don't know. I want to drive a Purasangwe before I make judgment. Okay, I'm open-minded to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said when we talked about the Purasangwe initially on this podcast on that episode, I said that um, something along the lines of like because we have the Urus already and we have we've already had the Cayenne for twenty years or whatever it's been, right? I'm okay with the 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 Purasangwe. You know what I mean? I'm okay with it as an idea. As an idea, and and you know, I think it's beautiful. I think they did a really good job with the design. I. In a way, I miss Pininfarina, but like on the other hand, like they're not really letting us down with design. They've been killing it. They're really, really, really beautiful cars that coming out of Ferrari. Two nine six GTS is incredible. The lines on that are really, really good. Proportions are really, really good. It's just really well done. Yeah. So they're doing a great job. Um, so, you know, on the other hand, like if I want to, all right, let's. Well, we can talk about high performance 
SUV. So it's we can talk segue. about Urus, Persangue, things like that, right? So if you want something that's high performance, if you want something Italian that has a little bit more cachet, gets more eyes, makes more noise, like, do you buy a Urus? Do you buy a Persangue? Is that your only choice? So I guess back to the Persangue before we move on. Sure. Um, I think if Ferrari didn't knock it out of the park with the styling on the Persangue, I probably would pick the Lusso. But I think the Persangue is just gorgeous. And I I think that it's prettier than the Lusso. Okay. So, um, yeah, that, that's I think that's a big part of it, just to, to put that out there. Um, but... Sorry, what were you saying about... Well, um, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you want a practical, exotic, oh, right. or high-performance car, like, yep. is the Urus the Persangue, or the upcoming Electra, or the DBX 707, or, like, any of these, you know, luxury, high-performance, supercar brands, SUV offerings, like, are, are those your only choices? No. I mean, if you want a high-performance car, get a high-performance car. Don't buy an SUV. But if you drive your friends around a lot, right, and you want some of that flair, sure, buy a Purasangwe, buy an Oris, buy a, I mean, I feel like a G-Wagon's a slightly different proposition, um, but maybe it's not, I don't know. It's got the same kind of, like, perception to it, though, yeah. at this point, right? It is yeah. a status symbol as much as a Urus is. Yeah, so I would it say... It costs the same, <laughs> I would say these super SUVs are only good if you need that one car to do everything but if you have the ability to have multiple cars that do different things you're much better off having a wide set of tools and each tool doing its job very well than having one tool that does everything like mostly kind of well yeah right sure so that's kind of my take on hot suvs my take on hot SUVs <laughs> is I, I, if Lamborghini made a four-seater, four-passenger car with a trunk that was a car, I would much rather have that over a Urus. But because they don't, and if I want a Lamborghini, if I want something that's high-performance but also has a trunk, like, you kind of have to buy a Urus, you know? Yeah. Same thing with... Um, with Aston, they don't make a Rapide anymore, mm -hmm. you know? So if you want an Aston Martin and you want something that has, you know, a generous amount of space with a trunk that you can take on drives, that you can put people in, that you can go grocery shopping in, like, yeah, you can kind of do some of those things in a DB11, mm -hmm. but the DBX, I hate to say it, does do those things slightly better. Yeah. Does it do those things better than a Volvo V90? No. Volvo V90 is going to be way better at doing all those things, but the Volvo V90 doesn't make the power of a 707. And it doesn't have the flair and the experience that you get. That's what you're paying right. for. Right, exactly. So that, that's not my whole question is like, if you want an exotic car, which is a whole discussion in a, for another day, right? But if you want an exotic car that you can actually use, like, you know, I'm not going to run errands in a Huracan. I'm just not. As much as I love the McLarens that we work with and sell and drive every day, you know what I mean? When McLaren, when McLaren has an SUV, right? Am I going to do my errands in the McLaren SUV or am I going to do them in a 720? I guess it depends on what those errands are. Yeah. But, you know, there's only so much that you can fit in the front and on the passenger seat. 
And then, you know, God forbid you need to go someplace with your family. You know what I mean? But now you're making an argument for SUVs that we were just debunking earlier. But it's different, right? Because we're at a, we're a completely different segment of the market, right? So when we're talking about Ford Explorers and Dodge Durango's and Chevy Equinoxes and, and whatever, right? All those things that those SUVs and crossovers can do, you can do better in their car equivalent. That's why we looked at the X5 versus the 5 Series. The 5 Series will be way better 99% of the time than the X5 equivalent. It just will be, right? The problem is when you get up to this supercar, high, high performance car segment, you know what I mean? The, a, a Panamero is only going to get you so far, <laughs> you know, because when you think about like, okay, or a Mercedes E63 AMG wagon, they're so cool, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not a Purasangue, you know, I say through clenched teeth. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. So that's my whole thing. Okay. Well, so here's the other thing that is kind of an interesting thing to look into is so you mentioned the Rapide, right? Aston I miss Martin that car so much. Built the Rapide. It was, it was their so sedan. Beautiful. So hypothetically, that would be kind of the car equivalent of the DBX. Right. They don't build the Rapide anymore. They build DBXs. Why is that? Is that just because... Because the Rapide was a flop and they're actually selling DBXs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, but it's just because the market wants SUVs. Yeah, the market at the time didn't, didn't want a, it didn't want a practical Aston. Yeah, you know the market, and I'm saying it like you know people people didn't want a practical that practical of an Aston, mm-hmm. and most people who were buying Astons they were getting one to be like a, a two basically a two seater touring car, you know which Aston has always done really well. So, so would you say so? Would you make the same argument that, um, you know. All these manufacturers are building SUVs because people want SUVs, whether or not that's a good idea, right? right. Just talking about the whole market, not just hot right. SUVs. Um, so would would you say that we would apply the same logic that we were applying to the regular cars to the hot SUVs and say they should be building hot sedans? Like you said, you would yeah. much prefer a Lambo I would equivalent prefer, yeah. of a, a Panamera or something yeah. like that. Yes. Yeah. And they yeah. did build a concept which looked really good. I know. Two thousand eight or whatever. I looked at that not that long ago. That was gonna be really cool. Yeah. Ah oh, man. Like that would have been so cool. I don't know, nobody would have bought it, because even then, like people were all high on SUVs and they still are. But it's just like unstoppable, uncontrollable momentum at this point. Like we need I don't know. <laughs> which is a, a good um <laughs> comparison to the actual SUV yeah unstoppable <laughs> too momentum. much momentum yeah too much weight not enough brakes <laughs> really overconfident drivers who think they're invincible because they have all this metal around them and they sit so high up and they have all-wheel drive yep you know yep. so yeah I, I wish that Lambo made a again I'm gonna say it, a four-seater you know two plus two four-door car front engine Mm-hmm. Rear wheel drive, all wheel drive. You know what I mean. That would be so cool. And that I think, in execution, if they actually built it, that would be way better than the Urus is. As good as the Urus is, because um, I'm not saying the Urus is bad. It's good, and mm-hmm. I've said it before. Like I've come around on it. I get it. I understand it. You know what I mean. Um, but like, 
nobody would buy it. And that's the problem. And that's the problem with the this whole discussion is like we're saying people should just buy the car. People should just buy the wagon. They just won't. Yeah. yeah. And we can make all the podcasts in the world about it. They just won't. Yep. I guess, like I said before, the market is just like the SUV. It's got too much momentum. It's unstoppable. <laughs> what are some of like the worst SUVs you can think of? Only one comes to mind, and I mentioned it to you earlier today. Is it Breaking Bad? It's the Pontiac Aztec. <laughs> so uh, bad. I mean, just it was bad. For, it was bad for many reasons. Yeah, I only know it as bad because it's ugly. But that's the only. I, I don't honestly know much about that car. Um, yeah, it was. It was so. It was Pontiac's first SUV, and the interior was just kind of like slapped together. It was all different, like, weird shapes and materials, some plastic, you know, the, it was not good. Um, and they could have done way better, even at that time, as, you know, bad as General Motors interiors were at that time. They could have done way better. It wasn't as capable as you would think it'd be, and, you know what I mean? It's just, it was not good. It was really, really ugly. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think some of, right now, I think the worst SUVs are... You know, and if you drive one and you're listening to this podcast, I'm sorry, it's nothing personal, but they're just bad. Toyota CHR, okay, it's a crossover. Yep. It's a, it's not. It's a hatchback. Like let's be real. A people. lifted hatchback. It's a lifted hatchback. You can't even get them in all-wheel drive, as far as I know. At least when they launched, I don't know if they came out with an all-wheel drive version. They're front-wheel drive. What's the point? Right. Honda HRV. Mm-hmm. A CRV. You know, they've gotten bigger and stuff. I, I get why people buy CRVs. I get why people buy RAV4s, I guess. But again, all the previous arguments apply. Why would you buy an HRV? Buy a Honda Fit. Right. It's the same thing. Or a Civic. I don't know. For the money, yeah. Buy yeah. a Civic. I just Civic. Of you another... need a Civic hatchback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Um, I just thought of another bad SUV, Jeep Patriot. Awful. Horrible. Awful. It doesn't even. It has probably worse cargo space than an equivalent sedan. Jeep got like really weird at that time because you had the Patriot, you had the Compass, you had the Liberty. Oh, Compass was bad too. Which, yeah, which I don't understand why they had two different subcompact SUVs at the same time. Besides the fact, I mean, they're the SUV brand, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, so you have the Patriot, you have the Compass, then the Liberty, which was. A Cherokee just called the Liberty here. I don't know why they called it something different. Everywhere else in the world, it was still called a Cherokee, Grand Cherokee, and then you had the big one. What was the the big three row Jeep that kind of flopped in that era? Yeah, what was that called? I don't know. I can't think of one. It wasn't the Wagoneer. The Wagoneer that we have now is just ugh, bananas money. Enormous too. Enormous and stupid expensive. Yeah. Uh, Jeep. Three row. What annoys me the most about those, like like the Grand Wagoneer, the Escalade, the Expedition, the Navigator, they're almost always empty. <laughs> there are these three, four, seemingly six row SUVs, and they're they're always empty. I don't understand it. Why did you buy it? What? Might don't... as well be driving a school bus. Because of the one time that they're gonna think they're gonna need it. That's that's the pr- the Commander. That's what it was. The Jeep Commander. I don't remember that. Yeah, no one does. Oh. I probably just mistook it for a Liberty or Yeah, I mean it looked just like a Liberty, just like bigger. Yeah. Um Yeah. I don't know. Ah, oh, man. 
Where's the, some other bad ones? I don't know. Toyota Venza. Just stupid. Yeah. Stupid. Toyota Venza. I mean, they're nice, but... Just buy a Camry. Yeah. Lexus RX. Just buy an ES or whatever. You know? Yeah. Nobody needs them. You don't need it. They're just wasteful. So, like, my, you know, I'm, I'm picking out all these good SUVs, like the G-Wagon Defender and Bronco, like we talked about, right? Because they're capable and they do things. Like, they're an actual SUV. They will do SUV things. Right. You're, nobody's going to be able to take their CHR farther than, you know, their, <laughs> their commutes are work. You can't do anything with it. Why do you have that? Yeah. And it's smaller and it's less practical than the sedan equivalent because of the shape of it. It's just a hatchback is what it is. Get a Corolla. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the SUVs that we've mentioned are, you know, to be fair, luxury cars. I think most of them, well, just like the G wagon and yeah. Land Rover stuff like that. Our, our perspective is a little skewed because of right. where we work and what we deal with on a daily basis, right? But you know, so, that's why I'm trying to talk about more practical cars. But go ahead. Yeah, so like a good SUV that I I probably would consider if I were in the market for one is a Forerunner. Because it's an actual SUV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like Forerunners. Yeah. I think they're cool. I think they're good looking. And like you said, they're capable. That's that's really all you should buy an SUV for is the capability right. if you need it. But how many people buy 4Runners, jack them up, put off-road tires on them with like three ladders and they they the car it never sees dirt. It's always in showroom condition. It's, it's always perfect. Goes from their garage to their garage at work after they sit in traffic for an hour. But if they like it, you know, I don't know. They take up so much space and these, they, uh, yeah, it's so frustrating. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Now I'm just sad at, the, <laughs> at like the state of the car market because there's no stopping. It just, it's just going to keep going. And the worst part is, is that all these new electric vehicle models are all SUVs too. I know. Save the combustion engine. No, no, <laughs> wait, no. That is the uh. worst part. They're even bigger and even heavier. Model Way X. Heavier. Well, I, I, I'd argue that a Model X is more like a van than an SUV. But, like, because of the doors. <laughs> um, you know, everybody, and, you know, I mentioned this when we talk about Genesis, is like how they botched their rollout because they tried to come out with two luxury cars and nobody wants luxury cars. They want luxury SUVs, right? Mm-hmm. So now, even like the, the Korean companies, the Ionic 5 is an SUV. The Kia EV6 is an SUV. And granted, I'll, I'll give you that the Ionic 6, you know, is a thing. Um, you know, the Polestar 1 and 2 were cars. Polestar 3 coming out is a crossover thing. I really you wish know. the Ionic 5 was more of a hatchback than a crossover. Cause it, it looks it, like one. It's got the proportions of yeah. a really good hatchback. And I know it's a great car. But it is. But, like, you know, how much better would all those things be if they were just cars and how much better would it be if people actually bought them if they were cars? Yeah. You know? Hyundai will sell way more Ionic 5s than Ionic 6s. But I guess that's that's an interesting point you bring up with EVs. Like, I think bringing the EV platform to an SUV kind of negates some of the cons because you've got a really low center of gravity, so it's going to handle better. So, I mean, if you need the ground clearance, you could still have... Some of the dynamics of a car, but they're not SUV? that much higher. I guess they're not that much higher, so there's not much better ground clearance. I guess when so I say that, I'm more, more talking about just SUVs in general, not just yeah. the Ionic Five. I don't um, know the that you can like look at the like okay for for example, Model Three versus Model Y Teslas, right? 
Like, I'd be really interested if somebody would do the math on, like, the percentage difference in total interior space versus percentage percentage difference in total exterior space between the two. And I guarantee you that the total exterior space is going to be a greater difference of percentage than the interior space. Right. They're, they're always just going to be bigger and bulkier externally than, you know, internally in the cabin. Yeah. They just are, you know. So... If you need all the space, get a van. <laughs> if you absolutely need it. Most people don't need all the space. But if you do. But if you do. And I don't know. Should Ultimately, we... take the train. All right. That's, a different... <laughs> <laughs> that's an entirely different Take a bus. <laughs> Everyone else in the world does it. All right. Before Jude starts talking We're about to cars. bicycles and whatever else he might e-bikes are the most efficient mode of transportation thank you for listening <laughs> um if you don't follow us already we're on instagram at 11's podcast uh my instagram and his as well are in the show notes if you want to talk to us or follow us i, I don't post anymore so <laughs> um but i guess anecdotally don't buy an suv yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to us rant. If you have any feedback, if you have arguments for SUVs or against SUVs that we haven't mentioned, let us know. Um, but that's it for now. Thank you. Uh, invest in high-speed rail. Bye. We'll see you next week.